Voice Memos podcast with Jen and Myron. Hey, welcome to Voice Memos. I am Myron Clifton and my co-host is Jennifer. So Jennifer is a wonderful lady. She's originally from Wisconsin, now in California, flaming redhead with a beautiful big old dog named Mojito that I call Beast. She's a great sister, daughter, and a great friend. And uh, she is my co-host. Hey, Jennifer. Hello, hello. So nice that we're recording this because I get to save this and hear this over and over again, the compliments that you gave me. So I lied. <laughs> this is my friend and probably my bestest friend. I've known Myron over 20 years. He is a published author. He is an amazing writer, highly intelligent. And one thing that I can really tell you about him that stands out is how he raises his daughter, Leah. Yep, we just we just go because we know how this goes. Because as I was telling you, um, Jennifer. So this is Myron. Hey everybody, this is Myron, and Jennifer um, sent me a message that she couldn't make it today because she's in Los Angeles. Oh no, she's in San Diego Ooh. with another couple of friends uh, of ours, and uh, she's too drunk. <laughs> That's my girl. <laughs> I knew we would get along. <laughs> Hi, everyone. This is Elianum, <laughs> Myron's partner. Yes. So, um, so okay. yes. Yeah, so there's Elianne, and Elianne is also um, a podcaster, and she has a couple of podcasts. Um, uh, one is called Unapologetically She. Tell us about that one, right quick. That's a panel of lovely ladies and we just kind of talk and go off <laughs> on all sorts of topics art politics pop culture we kind of mix it up so it's five of us and you know very different perspectives but all from a female perspective so fun one yeah, yeah. We'll on break so we'll be back for a second season in a few weeks it's a great podcast so i've listened to it and it's part of the um podcast network we're all part of and these five ladies they rotate through um so really they go deep on some really interesting topics around uh, politics national and local to wherever the ladies happen to be but also um some past episodes they would do drinks and uh where well, they yes. would be a drink of the week right you guys yes. were doing that for a while i love the drink of the week that is something I've been missing since we've been on break. <laughs> and yeah, and since we're talking about Jennifer and her friends, um, including Margaret, who's, Margaret is a friend of mine, Peg, being drunk on that drink of the week, you guys end up pretty blasted by the end of the show. Yeah, it usually gets a little, a little fun <laughs> by the end of the show. <laughs> get very nice, very nice. And then. Wait a minute, is that the show that just won some type of award or recognition or something? Well, we were mentioned in uh, Pod Bible Magazine, which is really cool. They um, wanted to highlight some independent podcasts, and I, I don't know how they chose us. We just got hmm. the notification that we were mentioned in it, so that was pretty exciting. Very cool. So congrats yeah. to you and the ladies. And then 
your other podcast is with with uh, you go to the other um, spectrum of gender, uh, just a couple you and a couple of guys. Yes, and that show is really fun. Um, it's called It's Like This, and we just purely pop culture. And so yes. we we go shallow on just pop culture. <laughs> yes, but that show, yeah, but you guys do some stuff. Like I think the last, I don't know if it was the last last week or so the week before. Mm-hmm. You do this thing. Um, I don't think it's it's with the three people. You choose one of the three people. What is it called? Oh, fuck, Mary, kill. Oh <laughs> the good old game known as fuck, Mary, kill. Yeah, that was particularly brutal. Greg, one of our co-hosts, came up with the questions and he gave us some really hard choices. <laughs> oh my god! So yeah, anyway, that. But you guys do, so you do the main podcast and then you yeah. do, I know you do something after that. Yeah, the, the after party. So it's usually the same night. We record everything in one night, but after we do our main show, we, we kind of hang out and get a little silly during the after party. So it's fun. Okay, pretty cool. Yeah. Listen to it. It's on Apple, Spotify, everywhere where you can get your podcast. But enough about me. Um, <laughs> how is your week going? You know what? It's a good week. And if I could pivot back to Jennifer for a moment. So Jennifer, yeah. we knew she, we knew she, we knew she was going on vacation. She had this planned for a while, and she, I told her when she was going, I said, you know. You could just want you to just take that week off and either I could do the podcast myself or I get a co-host or something. And she insisted, no, you know, I could do it. And it'd be good to have Margaret or Peg, you know, the same person, Peg. Yeah. She, you know, we'd like to have her on and it'd be fun. It'd be our first guest on the show. And I thought, okay, well, sure. So then we were going to do the show on Tuesday. And then she texts, oh, you know, we're, we're out and you know, I can't really find the time. And then we're going to do it on Wednesday. And then it was the same thing. And then she said last night, oh, you know, we will do it four o'clock. First, it was one o'clock and then three o'clock and then four o'clock on Thursday, like locked in. And then at 3.45, she texts, well, we're out and I can't really find a spot in this bar. And plus, Margaret is drunk. And I'm like, you're drunk. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, Jen. I hope you're having a great time. You deserve it. Let loose. Don't worry about it. I'll help you out. (laughs) I I hope I do it justice um, because the dynamic between Jen and and yourself is really good. So I just, I hope I could be a good (laughs) fill-in for this week. I'm sure you'll be fine. So you- I'm glad that Jen's having fun though. She really, really does let loose. And so you become our first um, guest. Oh my goodness. Right, we haven't had any guests. We We were thinking- with the release of um, Beyonce's new album, we would get Beyonce. Oh. Um, but we're also happy with you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. You're too kind. <laughs> um, you know, you'll have to schedule Beyonce for next week because we don't want Jen to miss that. So <laughs> you got to be here for Beyonce. Got to be Beyonce. So, so anyway, you asked me a question. So my week is I'm in Sacramento, and uh, for our listeners, Elian is in. Um, Manhattan. Yes. Um, the Harlem section. Do you call that? Is that what it's called? The Harlem section? Uh, Where did you guys call it? Call it Harlem. Like every, every Harlem. kind of, you know how you're, you're, um, depending on what park you're nearby, that's kind of how they call the neighborhoods in California. Okay, yeah. It's kind of, you know, it's just Harlem, but we know that's in Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I'm doing good out here this week. It's been, you know, fall's hot in Sacramento as per usual. Mm. So it's really hot here. So um, I'm using a lot of air conditioner. And, you know, you get into that debate, you know, where should you set the thermostat? Oh, and, yeah. you know, as, as part of my um, Justin Timberlake, uh, man of the woods, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I know I try to going. right. I try to set the thermostat high. I try to like just just sort of uh, survive the heat. But um, as you know, and as our listeners know, I have a teenage daughter who you know they're not built like I like I'm built. Like I grew oh. up in a bear with no air conditioning. Well, mostly because you didn't need air conditioning in Oakland. Um, but he wants the thermostat on. You know, when it gets to about, I don't know, 74 degrees. And I tend to like it. I'll turn it on when it gets to about 85. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> no. I, I am with your daughter on this one. I'm sorry, but you have to be comfortable because then you're paying for nothing, really. You're paying to just survive the heat because you're going to pay regardless. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, you know yeah. what? Let me tell you that electricity. I, I mean, it's expensive, but it is. I'm happy to have it because we could be in Texas, right? Right, with that jackass Greg Abbott and mm-hmm. their um, utility company. They can't even keep power on in that state. It's a significant part of that state during summer. Yeah, there. You know what? They're feeling the pain that Puerto Ricans have been feeling for. <laughs> For decades now with our power grid. I mean, when you don't have a central power grid that's reliable, that's what happens. And all jokes aside, people, people could be injured, hurt, even their lives, you know, so I wish Texas would just get it together. They need to, they need to vote correctly in this election um, because that's a mess. That is, that, that is a mess. So what have you been watching on TV this week? Oh, what have I been? You know what? You know it's terrible when I'm left to my own devices because when I'm with you, I always watch <laughs> a good variety of shows. And then I'm by myself and I watch the same old crap all over again. <laughs> but I know that Jen also likes to watch a show that I like to watch, which is Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh, Ooh, it's been okay. What's happening? What's happening on that? Well, Erica's a drunk mess and not like a fun drunk. Like, mm. like Peg and Jen right now, they're fun drunk, right? Wait a minute, is that the lady with the ugly voice? Yes, you hate her <laughs> listeners. It's like she had her vocal. Her. It's like she had her vocal cords freeze dried. Like her voice <laughs> is beyond ugly. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's not the most pleasant sound. Um, but yeah, she's been a bit of a mess. Apparently, she's recently started taking Lexapro. And she's really not supposed to be drinking while so now so now there's a whole you know little bit of drama over she's got a problem we need to help her versus oh she's just letting loose but you know when you tell a 14 year old kid to to get the fuck out of here which is what she said to somebody's child uh, maybe that's not so you're letting loose and having fun that's crossing the line that is wrong. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that that's wrong. And she she's lucky that 
she was that that kid didn't have the right parent. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And, you tell and, a four, you tell someone's fourteen year old to f off like that in public. Look, you go get some pie in your face or something like yeah. that. And what's particularly frustrating, at least for me as as a viewer, is that the mother of that child is a black woman, and you know See? how it is, right? If she comes, yeah. even with a slightly elevated voice right exactly you know exactly what trope they're gonna go for angry black woman and oh my god and they're gonna be so you know offended and so i hate that i hate for her that she has to think about how she's going to react towards somebody speaking to her son like that because she has yes. to factor in how she's going to be perceived that, that yeah, that's a mess one. yeah so that's, that's a mess yeah, going so on. So wait a minute, did, wait, did they work it out? Because I saw, I saw, I don't know if I saw that whole episode where she told that kid to F off, but mm-hmm. I didn't see anything after that. So did they work it out? She did work it out with her. You know, she, she, Erica apologized to her and she said, you know, I was talking to them as if they were an adult and that was wrong. I shouldn't have been speaking like that. But then, and I wish she would have just stopped there. Yeah, just stop there. Enough, right? But then she kept going and said, I, I just want to commend you because, you know, they're really well-behaved and well-raised. And I'm like, don't. Oh, Lord, like, don't. Ah, just don't baby. do that. Like, she just stopped don't. short of calling them articulate. And I was yeah, don't Don't do that. Yeah. Ooh, so what that, a mess. That show has been entertaining. <laughs> yes. So, so me and so my daughter and I, Leah, this week we watched, uh, we binged America's Got Talent. So hey, hold on, um, is it a current season? Like it's the current season, oh, okay. yep. And it's um it's the 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 judges are Simon Cowell, Heidi Klum, Howie Mandel, and a really, really beautiful ladies, uh Sophia Vergara. That lady is She's pretty stunning. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I was watching this show and so far the best act we've seen is, and I saw it on Twitter as well. There's these three black women and they sing country and they were really good. As a matter of fact, they were so good that I think one of the judges gave them what they call the golden buzzer, right? And so it's when you, you get to skip all the other rounds and just oh, go straight to the finals. Nice. Yeah. So each judge only has one golden buzzer per season. So that group um, got it. And, and look, they were, they, they sang a, a re another, they sang a, well, let me see. How do I say this? They sang about Jolene, you know, that famous Jolene song. Yes. But it, it was it, like, from a different perspective. So it's like yes. Jolene reimagined. Yes. And Jolene years later. Yeah. Right. It's like years later. And it's an upbeat, it's one of those upbeat, really fun, fast, sassy kind of country songs. And it was so good that I guess a bunch of people on Twitter had tagged Dolly Parton into um, the clip um, that was online. It wasn't a clip, it was a whole song. Dolly Parton actually retweeted it and said, I love this version. Yes. And it happened to be her husband's birthday. And so she mentioned, you know, her husband, I forget his name. You know, she's always talking about it. She mentioned his birthday and this song and Jolene and all this stuff. And it was really cool. 
I love Dolly Parton. She is so, she appears so lovely. You know, I, I've never really heard of anything problematic or untoward about Dolly Parton. She just always seems so loving and nice yeah. and kind to her fans. And I love to see her interact like that. But yes, I saw yeah. the video and I saw, I actually saw the video because Dolly had quote tweeted it and it came up on my timeline that oh, way. Dolly Parton. <laughs> She's She's really, really great. And I love that song. And I think they did an awesome job. They did. It, it sounded really good. Yeah, it was really good. So I had right. So I had an opportunity. So my daughter says, Oh, I didn't, I didn't know black people saying country. And I oh, said, Well, let me yeah. tell you something. Yeah. Black people started country music. Right. And so I have this ongoing conversation with my daughter that I say this um to her, uh, you know, occasionally. I go, especially, you know, as she's been going through high school. I go, every, every issue you encounter, right? It's something on the news, a news story, or something in um, sports and society. There's always a racial component to it in, in America, always. Even if you think something is like strictly, mm-hmm. you know, this race or that race, it's not. And so, and so she's, you know, now when something comes up, you know, she's prone to say, is there a racial component to this? Like, well, yeah, there is. Let me tell you what it is. And so we talk about country music. So she then, you know, she has her iPad. She jumps to the iPad to look. And then, she needs uh, or to, <laughs> right, she jumps to Google. And then the first first thing she, she finds is, you know, some story about, you know, some white guy that started country. And I go, keep digging. And then she goes further. Then finally the Google says, well, you know, Africans, we're playing the banjo in Africa, right? And the songs and the styles coming over on those um, slave ships, and then blah 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 leads to country music. I said, "See, I told you, every musical genre: country, jazz, um, pop, rock, um, hip hop. So whatever you want to call it, yeah, um, gospel, all started with black people. Like, just that's just part of the deal. I love and, it. Yeah, those, so she's always been right. A lesson." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I always tell you know it's just generally if you don't if you're not like a musician and invested in musical history, like you probably wouldn't know that because you just don't get that in society. Just you know, you may get it through osmosis. So then it happened again. We were watching America's Got Talent, and there was a tap dancer on it. It was really, it's really he was really good. This young kid, he was really good. And then and so my daughter says, you know what? My favorite, I think the best tap dancer of all time, my favorite tap dancer is Gene Kelly. Because she watches these old movies. And stuff. I go, you know, he was really good. And then, she's, then she paused and she went, there's a black component, a racial component. I go, yeah, look it up. Yes. And so, you know, that famous video of the um, the brothers. Um, oh, yes. What's you their name? You just watched that. What uh-huh. uh-huh. what's, what's, what's their names? Um, I don't remember. Oh, no. Uh, and they were dancing uh, at, at actually in your in your in your borough uh, at the Cotton Club in Harlem. Yes. Uh, in the in the forties. Mm-hmm. Uh, look up tap dancing brothers that'll come out. Their name is at the tip of my tongue. And so we did a deep dive on on those two brothers who have been dancing since uh, they were they were children, and there's this famous clip of them dancing uh, and Cap Calloway is the musical director because that was the big band era oh yes I love that kind of music right and the brothers get up they start dancing 
and it's a beautiful take. They're jumping on tables and all this. Yes. And and, and I go, so those guys the are dancing. Bucket, the Nicholas brothers. The Nicholas brothers. Good and God. they were yeah. actually performing with Cab Calloway. Yes. Thank In, you. It, yes, yes, yes. What, that was at the Cotton Club, huh? Yeah, that, at the, that's the famous club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I had told her about Harlem, the Cotton Club, the Harlem Renaissance and so forth. So anyway, so I pull up that clip. Right. And I go, these guys are some of the best tap dancers in history. And then so then she starts digging into it. And you know what she finds? What is she you- finds where Gene Kelly said they were the greatest tap dancers he had ever seen. Oh, I and love then, that. Yes. And then she finds a clip um, where they there's a routine from one of his movies that they were in and they, the three of them danced together. Mm. But it was cut from the movie because the Southern white people couldn't handle seeing black oh. people dance. White people. <laughs> Damn it! Why? Why does it always come back to that? Right, right. So we talked about oh. that. I said, you know, in the in those in the twenties, thirties, forties, and even to the fifties and sixties, mm-hmm. that movies with black that showed black people either independently or black people interacting with white people yes. were banned from movie theaters and drive-ins in the South. They they wouldn't show it. I said, so there's a lot of great performances that white people never saw. They just, mm-hmm. because, because society at large thought they were too fragile. I don't know what, like, what the hell that, that is. So, so, so then we go a little deeper. So she, well, she goes a little deeper. You know what she finds? She finds that the, um, what are the brothers' name? Nicholas brothers. The Nicholas brothers, um, they had another, the, the, there was the two main brothers, the two dancers, but they had an older brother who also choreographed and taught dance and Joe Jackson hired him to teach the Jackson Five. Stop it. How to dance, right? Oh, so, I love Look at this that. connection. So, so then we found a clip from the Jackson Five variety show. They're dancing with the Nicholas Brothers on stage. Stop. Yes. I need to, I need to watch that. You got to send it's me the fantastic. Awesome. And then, right, and so she's like marveling. At she's like, oh my God, look at this connection. And, and then all of a sudden, little Janet Jackson comes out. Janet, little baby. Oh my Janet. God. Right. And Leah's like, oh my God, look how cute she is. It's little baby Janet. And she's oh like, oh my gosh. I'm thinking maybe she's six, seven years old or something. Oh. And they're just and they're just out there tamp dancing uh, with, with the Nicholas brothers. I am obsessed. I need to how cool is, how cool is that? Those links because I really want to watch that. That is so cool. Right. And it just shows how compressed is and, and short our little history is. Right. It was just we saw them dancing in the 40s with Gene Kelly and then in the 70s teaching in Jackson's and dancing with them. Amazing. That was amazing. So anyway, that was a long story, but it was, no, a, it was a fun that. little fun little exploration. Out. So that 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 that's that's what we're watching. So, that's you know, I don't know if you've been listening to the show um, the last few weeks, but Jen and I have been talking about veganism. I have been listening. I'm, right? a, I'm a listener of the show. I listen every well, week. Thank you for that, because Jennifer is vegan, and I am not vegan, and I know you're not vegan, and um, but we had talked about I, I about it's okay to have differing opinions on things, and oftentimes, um, you know, there's jokes and things about vegans, like the joke, you know, very common joke is how do you know a person is is vegan, and the answer is because they tell you, like they they never they never stop telling you that kind of stuff, and so Jen and I talked about just using this platform 
for me to ask her questions about eating and meat and all this kind of stuff, or it's more than meat. It's like animal products. Yes. Um, but I have also happen to know you're not vegan. No, I'm not. <laughs> <vegan>. <laughs> so, so I know you like meat, but like, what, what's, what's your favorite meat? Like, what do you, what's your specialty? Oh, I feel so uncomfortable because I, ah, oh, Jen, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't want to like talk about meat on her show. Um, but since you're asking, I, I do. And this, this has a history behind it, but pork is actually probably not the one that I eat the most, but that is my favorite. So what, what, what cut is it? Uh, bacon, pork chops? Um, yes. <laughs> all of the above yeah. um <laughs> you know pork is a big staple in puerto rican cuisine it's something that i you know grew up eating and we would raise our own pigs and you know eventually they would get slaughtered we would cook them use every part of everything you know what i mean yeah. um so I have a different, a different relationship, I think, with meat than just the regular, you know, I yeah. like, her, which I do, I, I, I enjoy meat, but I think it's, it's worth a conversation because there's a lot more implications rather than just what I like to eat. Yeah. What do you like to cook? What, what meat, what meat do you like to cook? Um, honestly, I like cooking fish. Ooh. I love fish. You know, I, I, I love fish. I think out of the three, I would say pork, fish, then chicken, then beef in that. Okay. Um, so what are your thoughts on, there was a, there was a, I started a debate on Twitter a couple of months ago. Hmm. Um, what is your thought on, here's what, here's what I said. I know this is going to be a, a uh, unpopular opinion. And my unpopular opinion was that bacon doesn't belong on hamburgers. And I was horrified and mortified. I had to do a lot of soul searching, soul searching, and be like, "Adios mio." I am with this man that like buffs bacon on a burger because I think mm. nothing more belongs on a burger. You know what? See, look, but, look, but, but, but my point is that, bacon on is that see a burger with with say a burger, say a cheeseburger, onions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, almost like a Krabby Patty. Like you get the burger, you get cheese, you get pickles, lettuce, onions, tomato. Like a basic, very classic um, burger kind of deal. And bacon overpowers all that. I think bacon complements it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're you, gonna... were funded by, you were funded by Big Bacon. <laughs> I am. <laughs> you found me out. They're paying for yeah. my rent. <laughs> yeah, that is oh, funny. No, but, you know, I think I, I appreciate the way Jen approaches her veganism and she's not trying to preach to us about, you know, we need to change the way we eat. I think she's just trying to help us understand why she eats the way she eats and why that's okay, you know? Yeah. They have so, a background to it. For me, it's it's cultural, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that's a good point. We talked about that a little bit last week about how um, I asked her to, I, I posed a question to her that I come from. I may, maybe it came from you or somebody else 
was that veganism in America tends to be elitism. Um, or classist, really, because, classist, because yes. they make certain things not as available to certain populations. And right. that's the reality of American society and yeah. the way it's structured, you know? Yeah. I, you know what? It's funny, not funny, but um, I was, in a related note, I was just reading about this monkeypox virus and how um, the only people who have... Um, died from it are in a few different African nations mm. and there's not a single dose of the monkeypox virus in the, on the continent of Africa and oh, all the doses are, of the vaccine. There's oh, no vaccine for monkeypox, even though the vaccine exists, it's only in um, the United States and Western nations, wealthy Western nations where there's just a few monkeypox cases right. and they're, they're literally people have died and are dying from it on the continent of Africa, but there's no, these, these medicines don't get there. And so it's very, it's very similar to the discussion around food. And this is what I said last week in that, or whenever I said it, that there are people in the world, you know, half the world live in what we consider subsistence, meaning, mm-hmm. right. They, they're living day to day and every meal counts, right? But you can't say to a person who needs um, protein and nutrients and vitamins that they have to be selective, mm-hmm. right? And go somehow not eat the protein that's available to them. Right. And half the world don't have a supermarket, um, a bodega. Mm-hmm. You know, a Whole Foods, half the world just don't have access to that. And people who are subsistence, meaning they are not getting enough food every day. They can't be selective like that. No. And that's a harsh reality. That's it is that's a lot more of the world than we would like to think. Right. You're talking three billion people. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, more it's, than three billion. It's such a it's it's a really multi-dimensional topic, multifaceted, I should right. say, because there's really so many different ways to look at food and the politics of food, really. Yes, exactly. The politics of food. That's a great, that's a, that's a great phrase, the politics of food, because it is a, it is a thing. So you mentioned um, a moment ago that uh, you grew up in, you were born in Puerto Rico. Yes, I was. Where were you? Yeah, so tell us a little about like where are you born? Like what's what's the deal? Like what's your what's your journey, as Oprah would say? <laughs> I was born in a town called Caguas, Puerto Rico. Ooh. That's the, that was the closest hospital. But I lived in Cidra, which is you know a small town in a more mountainous area of Puerto Rico. It's a little bit northeast of San Juan. So just okay speaking you're kind of northeast of the island um and i attended school there and we moved when i was eight and then we moved eight we moved to upstate new york first for okay yeah and now i'm here Hmm. (laughs) so then so i know i know you're a teacher yes and i saw this thing babe (laughs) i don't know that yeah, I, I saw this thing today that showed the teacher vacancies in it was like a bunch of southern states, or maybe it was a bunch of yeah, it was it was like maybe five five or six states, and it was mm-hmm. hundreds, yeah, hundreds of teacher vacancies. 
And I was sort of digging into it and the wave that we had heard about when COVID hit, you know, teachers leaving the profession. Mm -hmm. And then in some of the states where um, we got to call a thing a thing, Republicans are saying what you cannot teach. You cannot teach black history. Mm -hmm. You cannot teach facts about enslavement, Jim Crow, segregation. And you have to teach both sides of like the Holocaust, like really some bullshit baddie yes. kind of stuff has led to okay, teachers. You know what, what it is, babe. Sorry, Myron. It's crazy shit. They crazy want shit. us to teach kids some crazy shit. Things that are lies. But that's what I was going to ask you. So since you're in New York, mm -hmm. um, have they have you gotten any of those demands? Absolutely not. Okay. Um, I. I feel pretty blessed that, and, and that's not to say that there's not a lot of conditions that can be improved in the New York City district, because absolutely there can be. We definitely have more segregation than, than you know, the great progressive city of New York would like to admit, but we do have it better than compared to states <laughs> like Texas, where they're telling you to teach both sides of the Holocaust like that just that sentence makes no sense in my brain it, it doesn't even want to come out of my mouth um yeah. that's, that's wild um you know we have a little bit more autonomy and decision making powers when it comes to these are the standards right that every student in New York State has to learn and has to master and the way you approach teaching that that's really Kind of up to you, right? You have to teach certain topics and standards and concepts, but you know, if you want to use different texts, different you know videos, um, etc., then you could definitely bring in outside material. Like you're not stuck to one curriculum. I'm glad to hear that because um, I saw I saw a news story about Florida and Arizona. Both, I saw the Arizona one first, where Arizona has made it um, legal. I don't know, legal. Uh, yes, Arizona passed a law that teachers do not need any credentials. I saw that. You, you, don't, you don't need a license, you don't need credentials. Anyone can just walk in a classroom and begin teaching. <sighs> and then Florida, um, Florida, Florida is a little bit more sneaky, but it's Pretty much the same thing. Um, they have but, to observe a teacher for 12 hours total. 12, 12 hours. Jeez. Not even two weeks in a class. Oh, God. So then someone would say, well, why do they, like, what is, what is the end game? And why would Republicans do that? And um, we know, one, Republicans do not believe in public education. They do not. They've never. For a hundred years, they've never believed in public, public government-funded public education. They've never believed in that, and so that's why um, public schools in America are built something like, like I don't know, I, I don't know the numbers. So I don't want to be inaccurate, but tens of billions of dollars underfunded, and more specifically, public schools that serve black, brown or students um, are the bulk of the under underfunded schools. Oh, absolutely. We know that. And you know what? All parents know that. Like yeah. we know people buy homes, people buy homes because they want to be in a nice school district. 
And what they mean by that is they want a school district that's funded. Yes. They don't want a school district that's not funded. So they, the school districts that are funded are the school districts that are near where wealthy white people live. They vote for their schools to be funded and they vote against our, our schools being funded. And white people don't like to hear that, but it's, it's just a fact. Yeah, that's the truth. That's what's happening. Right. And it's not just Republicans. You Democratic white people vote for their schools to be funded and vote for schools that don't serve their kids to not be funded. Yeah. And so now we have two states and more are attempting to follow to not even require teachers to have credentials and then to limit what they teach because they don't value public schools. What they want is private schools because in private schools, you don't have to obey all those government laws and things and you can teach religion. And you can be exclusive as to who enrolls in that. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why the Supreme Court. Really? That's right. And that's why there's a fear that that the very um, right wing Supreme Court will undo uh, what we know as Brown versus the Board of Education, uh, which was 1954 when that Supreme Court said that um, because the um, they lost a lawsuit that was brought by Thurgood Marshall and the NAACP that said schools that serve black kids at that time um, were unequal. And it was against the Constitution. Prior to that, the Supreme Court had said um, separate but equal. Yeah. And they proved that even by that standard, mm-hmm. you were not even meeting that standard. And so Brown versus Board of Education said, no, everybody needs to have the same education. But you know what? This is what people forget about that. I mean, I'm sure you know, you're you're an educator. Is that when when that ruling came down, that school district the following year, instead of allowing black kids in the in, into those schools, they shut the whole school district down. Oh, I'm disgusted. But I'm that not- city closed every school in the city. Instead of allowing black kids and white kids to go to school together, the entire school district the next year shut down. That's crazy. Like that part of the story isn't told too often. What it boils down to is that everything can be brought back to race in America. Everything. And it the really reason they don't want publicly funded schools is because they don't want to have to be forced to give black and brown students and indigenous students the same resources that they're giving white students. They've been fighting it all this time. And regardless of Brown v. Board of Ed, we see that schools are still very segregated. Schools are very segregated. You know, the schools that are majority um, black, brown, indigenous uh, students are usually underfunded. Yes. Um, And it's like a continuing um, story in the American education system. Yeah, the last time I checked, that's something like 85, 90% of white students go to schools with 85%, 85, 90% of white students. That's it. Yeah. And so you have you you end up raising people who have no idea um how, let's be honest, the majority of people live and who they are. Because mm-hmm. right, because white people are becoming a minority and you're raising these white kids to not to the only interaction they have with the rest of us is through TV, social media, movies, and maybe they watch the news and see us getting killed and arrested. Mm. That becomes their perspective, yeah, right? Right. And we know 
that they're in their family unit, um, most something like 70, 75% of white men are Republican. So that means that that's who is raising mm-hmm. those kids, right? Because yeah. you say, well, the mother's raising them too. Well, more than half of them are Republican. Exactly, I was so going to say. <laughs> right, so you have this society where you have white, the, the vast majority of white people being raised to think one particular way. And that way is Christianity is the only religion. Uh, white men are at the top of everything in history. And white women should do everything that white men says, says they should do. And the rest of society is raised in a pluralistic society, right? We should share. We should try to make things better for everybody. And then you come together at work eventually or in college mm-hmm. or, or at the 7-Eleven. Yes, just and you have right. You have been in entirely different worlds, mm-hmm. and so you see these 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 clashes. Or you, even if it's not just physical clashes or violence, you see it in a movie like Black Panthers released. And even though at the time it was the highest grossing Marvel movie of all time, right? It was the first one to go over a billion dollars. Yeah. And then you have these white guys who are so angry about it, like they're just so. Right, just angry, like you don't have every mo- every movie, every superhero movie, who superhero movie ever in this one. Why does that make you so angry? Because you've been raised to believe that only your opinion matters and everything should cater to you. Mm-hmm. It's, so, it's like it, a child having a tantrum when they're told, like, "No, you're not getting a toy from this." Yes, yes, you're told when you're told <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, that you don't get an orange slice and a ribbon. Mm-hmm. Right. For every every time, every time, you know, you play the violin or you get a hit in baseball, you know, you're literally like the rest of us don't care. <laughs> we don't care. Like, OK, that's nice for you, Johnny. But the rest of us, you know, we're just going about our lives. You are not the end all be all. But you got to remember, they see they see God in their image. Like they have all these white Jesus things and they go to these religions and God looks like them. And they think, well, I'm God, too. It's really it's really like. A really weird American, American thing like that. American, it's white supremacy. So Americans tend to see white supremacy as those people that invaded the capital, but it's the subtle white supremacy that's everywhere. Yeah, it's pervasive, and that makes it more dangerous because it's the nice. Oh, I I have black friends. I'm I'm a good kind, you know. Not all hashtag not all, Uh, you know. That's the the type of white supremacy, that pervasive, you know, subtle, yet rules every part of our everyday life, you know? Yes. That's the most dangerous to me. It is. So so for your teaching, what do you teach? Every subject, because I teach elementary school. So we unfortunately have to teach everything, reading, writing, math science, social studies, everything. Um, In the fifth grade curriculum for New York State for um, social studies, we study like the North American continent. So we do Canada, Mexico, um, the United States. We start from indigenous populations all the way up to present Mm -hmm. time. So that's kind of the area of focus for the fifth grade year. Okay. 
And fifth grade math is hardcore, man. I don't want to talk mm-hmm. about it. I, I'm on summer break, Myron. Don't, don't okay, make my bad. Cool. <laughs> okay. Okay. Tell me okay, something my bad. Fun. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know, I started, I felt myself going into the rabbit hole. I said, oh, no, girl, pull uh, yourself back. Pull yourself back. I know. I forgot that teachers do not want to talk about education when they're on the summer break. <laughs> It's like Hell, they don't want to talk about it when they're, they don't want to talk about it when they're off work for the day. <laughs> yes. I'm like, hmm, what time did I wake up today? What day of the week is it? <laughs> the only time teachers like to talk about teacher stuff is after if after school they go out drinking with other teachers. Oh yes. That's our happy place. <laughs> happy hour with the with the co-workers, you know. <laughs> that is that that's funny. Um so I would I was up late last night and I saw this story about Prince William. Oh gosh. Oh, listeners, wait for it. <laughs> so just let me say what the trending hashtag was. Boy, oh boy. Uh, actually, first, I, I think I saw it on Instagram first. And then I was like, hmm, what is this? So then I, I ventured over to TikTok to see if there was any good TikTok videos about it, you know. But I think it just hadn't, it hadn't reached that level yet. Yeah. But then I ventured over to Twitter and it was going off. And the hashtag was, uh, what was it? Pegging, uh, uh, Prince Pegging. It was Prince Pegging, P-E-G-G-I-N-G. And so I was like, what is pegging? Because I'm thinking Legos. Oh God, no, not the Legos. You know, <laughs> So I decided not to Google it because I thought, you know, you know, you get your Google instincts. Yes. And you go, I'm not going to Google this because I know this is something, you know, sexual is what I was thinking. And I was right. So I just was looking through all this stuff and oh, my goodness. The threads were very entertaining. I I woke (laughs) up with like some weird allergic attack very early morning or I should say late night. And I couldn't go back to sleep. So I had some fun going through that trending topic, Prince of Pegging. Um, You know what? I didn't even Google it, but it didn't take long in my scrolling for the screenshot (laughs) to have popped up to explain in full detail what pegging was. I was like, Lord, it is too early or too late for this. (laughs) So... So just for our audience, and we'll, and we'll keep this clean, and and we don't want to kink shame anybody. If that's his oh, kink. No, that's his no, kink, that's right? not where we're coming from at all. Right, that's if that's his kink. So the so the pegging part is when you have a, um, I guess generally you're a, you have a male and you have a female is what I'm generally speaking. Yes. And the female and the female has a um, strap on. Yes. That she inserts into the male. So, and it's very specific. So, so Prince William, apparently the story goes that he, that is well known in British paparazzi that he has had a, he has had a series of sustained affairs. Mm-hmm. And the way that that has been kept out of the news is the palace has traded information to keep his dirt out of the, out of the, News and so that information they've traded is they peddled lies against Princess Meghan Markle and um, Prince Harry, William's brother. 
And that's that's the that's the deal with the devil they make. Keep his actual dirt out of the mail, yeah. out of the news, and we'll give you some made up stuff that has been. This is not just me saying it's been verified to be made up. And Prince Harry and Princess Meghan Markle sued British tabloids, and they've won. Mm -hmm. That's right, and they won. So it's proved that the palace has been peddling garbage. And I guess I don't know what happened to the deal, but somebody leaked that Prince Prince uh, Prince William likes to have that royal scepter inserted. <laughs> the royal scepter oh man now that's a completely different uh visual that i have in my head pretty pretty funny though <laughs> i'm sorry so okay so here's what i think my takeaway from from this story okay. is a um listen if that's what you like to do get her done right just get, get your groove on get, yeah. get your groove on do like consenting adults should be allowed to do sexual acts with each other, however they choose to consent to, to doing them. Um, where I think the, the story comes out is because every time they try to slander um, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry, so the Duchess and Prince Harry, every time they try to malign them in the media, Meghan Markle fans, also known as Sussex Squad, squad um, my they come <laughs> with the heat and they, they, come hard. they take no prisoners. Okay, so if, if, if they want stories like that about Prince William to stop, then stop messing around and lying on Meghan Markle and that shit will be over because they, they are doing else? it in a retaliatory, retaliatory right. fashion, right? And you know and, what else? Yeah. They, they could have they they could have they could have sold out Prince Andrew Andrew the pedophile to the press, yeah, right? Not that. Yeah, of Jeffrey Epstein's friend. Like that guy yeah, is listen, but you want to know the real tea with this whole prince of pegging thing? It's who he's doing it with. Did you know who it was with? No. It is with a woman, allegedly. Okay, don't come for me, royal fans. Um Allegedly, it's with a woman named Rose Hanbury, who is Kate Middleton's friend. Oh, wait a oh, minute. Hey, oh! <laughs> this, uh, as they say, this tea is piping hot. Piping hot. So I was like, ooh. Wait a minute. So, so her husband is fucking her friend, and her friend is fucking her husband. And he, ooh, yes. lordy. He is. She is fucking her husband. <laughs> I'm sorry, allegedly. <laughs> My goodness, that's oh, that's some uh, that's that stuff you know you see in those old uh, those stories about the monarchy from a hundred hundred years ago. Mm. They be chopping off heads. Yeah, well, <laughs> here you go. <laughs> this isn't chopping off heads. This is like more than just the tip. <laughs> 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 I bet I, I bet I bet when somebody called the Daily Mail, they were like, I got a tip for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my <laughs> It's her friend. Her friend. You know what? That, that, that's that's probably why Kate be looking so stressed and pressed all the time mm -hmm. in those photos. Because her her yeah. list be pretty up like she's sucking on lemons. Yeah. She is she does not appear to be a happy person. <laughs> you know, and that's probably why he, that's that's probably why he. He started going bald at age 25. Yep. Listen, 
God don't like ugly. And when you do ugly from the inside, the outside soon matches, okay? Oh, my God. They need to... You know what? Like, you, you imagine being, being like Prince William, say, um, you're the, um, I don't know if they call it, I don't know all this, ro- I don't know all this royal crap, but say he wakes up in the palace and someone has to bring, <laughs> okay. someone has to bring him breakfast. Oh, you God. know, so they, you know, they come into his royal bedroom and everything. They got the, the, the big royal silver serving thing that has a cover on it. And then you open it up and it's just, oh. a, it's just a banana and two plums. <laughs> your breakfast your majesty <laughs> the visuals over here bananas and plums oh my god oh my god yes oh this my goodness if you want those nasty stories to stop they will stop lying on megan they need to just that's fair you that's know it. what and, and megan and harry just out just uh, traveling the world, doing good deeds, you know, having people just shower them with love. Whenever she shows up with, you know, rooms full of children and stuff, they're just going crazy over her and stuff like that. Just minding their business, having a good time. Just, just living in their joy. That's usually, you know, you know, that's what, you know, that's what the old folks say. Usually success and happiness is usually the best revenge. It sure is. I mean, if, I if only that lesson, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I just said that they look just happy as hell. They look gorgeous and glowy and rested and just just happy. They do, you know that that's the message about uh, happiness and success that should make it make its way to every every person that's the focus of one of those episodes of Snapped. <laughs> Oh my God, babe, there's going to be new episodes of Snapped this Sunday. So I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. I, I, need, I need to get Jennifer watching that because Snapped yes. is, I mean, originally it was called Snapped Women Who Kill. But they'll do couples and yeah. sometimes there's just always a woman component. Like she might be the girlfriend who helps set things up. She not, may not be always actually the person who does the killing. However, <laughs> it's that show is... So I really like it because you know why? First of all, mostly it's women who kill. And there's, there's always bad. Like, there's all, it's always bad. But it's always, to me, it's interesting, interesting to see how terrible all their planning is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you thought this would work? Like, you thought if you stopped at a gas station and made a call, mm-hmm. you know, that gas station didn't have a camera or they're not pinging you as you go down the road or... You know, your friend wasn't going to lie and say you were in Cincinnati when you were actually in Chicago. You know, all this random stuff. Yeah. They never learn. You know what it is? These criminals aren't watching Snap. Because then they're not watching they would Snap. Say, mm, I don't think I don't think I could get away with it. That's right. That's I right. And the episode's Dateline and Snap. I'm, I'm not going to try. <laughs> man, oh, man, oh, man. And it's like, like, I hate that, you know, it, you don't want to celebrate murder and everything. But you know what? I mentioned this, I think I mentioned it to you before, murder is a big business in this country. It is. So, you know, we usually hear from, you know, it's big for the prison industry, industrial comp- complex, you know, that industry. But if you think of thousands of podcasts, right, all those TV shows, Dayline, 48 Hours, 2020, 
um, snapped and 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 on and on. There's like hundreds, yeah. and they're all chronicling murder. Yeah, it's kind of wild when you think about it. It's kind of wild, we, right? We have so much murder in this country that a byproduct is we have an industry that just tell us about murder. Yeah. I mean, there's entire networks, just like the, the Investigation Discovery Channel. It's all true crime murder. all the time. I love it. I love it. It's it's all there. It's just, it's nonstop. We have so many murders, I, something like 30,000 a year, something like yeah. that. So between all the pot, and you know, that's just like, that's every year. Mm-hmm. But then you have the, you have the, the shows and the podcasts that they'll go back, you know, to the forties, fifties, sixties, eighties. So there's literally uh, a well as deep as any you can imagine, just stories out there waiting to be told. That's when you think about it like that, that's, Right. That's heavy. That wow. I mean, an, almost an endless amount of stories of murders that that can be told. That's Unbelievable. Crazy. So, wow. um, you know, we need to wrap this up. Uh, um, but it was wonderful having you as Thank the you for having me, and I hope Jen and Peg are having an awesome time. I'm they are. You know what? You know how you know how I know they're having a great time because neither one of those mofo's is texting me or you know nothing. They're just. Nothing. I'm not worried about you. Let them have their they're fun. They're not worried about me at all. They're having fun. I, I think we'll say Thursday. I think they're back Saturday or Sunday or something. So, um, so I know this was last minute. I'm glad you joined. Thank you um, for having me. Yeah, and you'll have to come on as a as a guest when both of us are here. It'd be fun I to have three it. people. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. So, what are you? Um. Where can we? Where can people find you online? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Miss. Angry Flower and Instagram at Eliane Marie. <laughs> and Myron's making a really cute face at me. <laughs> I'm sorry, he distracted me because he's so cute. <laughs> oh my God. Myron. Uh oh, sorry. There you go. He's so adorable. But yeah, you can find me there. Um, and please listen to all of the network's shows. We can be found on. Um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> okay, good. And what about? Lovely being okay. here. I love it. Thank you. Okay. Um, I can be found. Um, my Twitter is my name, Myron J. Clifton. I think I'm Dear Dean on Instagram. Uh, Dear Dean and Myron Clifton on Facebook. There's two different accounts over there. Um, but check out my Amazon page. I have all my books. Uh, my 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 current book, my most current book, my new book, I should say, um, yes. Jamal's Incredible Adventures in the Black Church, and it's a wonderful coming of age novel. Um, I think you'll love it. You can find it on I Amazon. Love it. You can, you, oh, thank you. <laughs> my favorite book that he's ever written. I'm sorry, you must read it. It's amazing. It is a page turner. You will not be able to put it down. Please buy it and read it and leave a good uh, review. <laughs> Thank you for that suggestion. And um, so we'll pop back up next week. Thanks for joining us. Um, share the show, rate it, uh, leave some comments. And if you um, have questions, you can just send me a DM on any of those social media networks and I'll be happy to uh, address it on the show. Well, next time. All right. 